How many of you ever experienced something like that? Pride cometh before the fall. Amen? All right, we're going to talk this morning about... Um, the last several weeks I've been uh, just pondering and going over pride. Last week we talked a little bit about it. And this is kind of the message I was going to preach last week. Um, and so there's just so much about pride. And the thing is, is pride is deceptive. I mean, it's effective because we to do what it wants to do in our lives, to, that is destroy us, because we were not aware of how prideful we are. And so we're going to try to uh, help us to see a little bit of that. How many, how many would say um, you have a problem with pride? Don't raise your hand. You have a problem with pride. <laughs> Sarah, you going to raise your hand anyway. Okay. Um, well, this sermon is for you. All right. Those of you that, yeah, I don't have a problem with pride. Well, listen, this sermon is definitely for you. Can I hear an amen? Because right, most of us struggle with pride. However, society talks about, eh, it's not a big deal if we're prideful. Just not a big deal. Uh, matter of fact, if I stood up here and said, man, I really, really struggle with pride. You would say, mm, who doesn't? But if I was up here saying, you know, I really struggle with lust. Matter of fact, it's so bad I've been checking some of you out. You'd say, uh, I'm going to check out another church, right? I mean, as a matter of fact, I'm not going to be here next week. Well, that, that's the situation. We categorize our sin, amen? But lust is, de- or, or lust, <laughs> pride is deceitful and it gets us, I mean, it's dangerous and what it does to us spiritually in our lives. And so we want to look at that today about how dangerous it is. We have a choice in the morning. This is a bright, bright light. We have a choice every morning we get up. We can, you know, we can spotlight. You want to put that slide up there, brother? There you go. We can uh, uh, choose to shine the light on the cross. You know, choose to magnify the cross, that our life is going to be about God, or we can choose to do this, right? We can, that is really bright. Anybody want to see that? All right, we're created for this. We really are. You know, not for all these other things that are out in the world. We're created for this, to literally shine for the Lord. And the problem is, When we get up in the morning, instead of magnifying him, glorifying him, we're magnifying ourselves, we're magnifying, look what I've accomplished. Rather than, you know, everything that I've accomplished really has been because of the cross. It's because of God. And we glorify him and we magnify him and we point to him. But what we do is this, right? And and, and we think it's just natural for us to do that. But as we're going to see, it has some dangerous effects in our lives. Drawing attention to ourselves because God hates pride. Now, a lot of times we think, well, I don't think I'm that much. You know, I'm not that fantastic. 
But we still can draw attention to ourselves by saying that, that, that we're not so great. I'm pathetic. I'm pitiful. I'm problematic. You can tell I struggle with that last P, right? Trying to get something to fit in there. We struggle. And I need counseling. Help me, help me, help me. That's still drawing attention to me. When we're falling apart and we need, we need, we need, and we're just really, everything is about me. God says, whatever you do, you know, do it all to the glory of God. Whether you eat, whether you drink, magnify him and glorify him and not ourselves. Let me give you a kind of a quick test here. Okay? Are you irritated when you are corrected for your mistakes? Just think about that. Are you, are you irritated when you get corrected for your mistakes? I really should say, who's not? Is everybody like me, you get irritated when you're corrected? You know, it just really brings out. Uh, this week I, I made a mistake. It's hard for you to believe, I know. I just, I just, I made a mistake. I, my wife left town Thursday, Thursday morning. And so Thursday night, we're going to take dinner to this family okay this this family i'm supposed to take dinner to this family right and so my wife had it all prepared ready to go all i had to do is show up but i didn't it wasn't until the next morning like 12 o'clock or 11 30 i it dawned on me what had happened you know what i did i called and apologized i said but you know just don't tell my wife. <laughs> right? Right? Don't tell Judy. She goes, well, I already told uh, Verna. I called her because there's no food here. So I called her. And, well, I, did I not? I said, oh. <laughs> the cat's out of the bag now. So then Judy, I thought, well, it still might not, you know, might not get out, you know. But then she calls at like 12 or, you know, the next day, uh, did you take lunch over there? What am I going to do, lie, right? I said, well, honey, I'm making up for it because I'm taking them out to lunch on Sunday. I, I put that out there right away. Amen. I mean, that's the way we are. That's just this perfect illustration, but I don't know why the Lord had to use me, all right, in this test. Do you, do you find yourself accepting praise? For things which you have no control over? Do you tend to forget who blessed you with your talents and your abilities and your gifts? Is every, everything someone else's fault? As a matter of fact, the reason I forgot that is because I was out with somebody. Sam, I was out with Sam, was looking at a building. So really, Sam, it's your fault that I missed that appointment. There, the Lord was in that not getting your food, by the way. Amen? All right. When there's a personal conflict, are you quick to tell yourself, I can get along without that person? Is, there a, 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 is, is it difficult for you to take advice? Is it hard for you to seek out advice? I'm just, I just want us to be aware that that there's pride in all of our hearts, but we don't see it because it's deceptive. 
and the world says it's okay. Is your life marked by a sense of competition? Do you measure your success by those around you? Just some questions that I came up with on one of my morning um, devotions. Now, there's, there's, so we're going to talk about pride, and, and it's really deceptive. But there's a good pride, and there's a bad pride. The good pride is, you know, it's satisfaction, it's a job well done, joy in seeing others succeed. Bad pride is selfishness, stubbornness, self-importance, acting superior, gossiping, thinking, you know it all. Now, this is not a chiding message, okay? I don't want, I'm going to start off this morning. This is to warn us of the dangers, all right? So we usually have upbeat, happy messages. This is one of those because we're going to be set free. Can I hear an amen? From pride that takes us down and tries to destroy our lives. Because when it's all about us, the blessings stop. When it's all about Him, we have the hand of God upon our lives. Okay? So let's look at the dangers for a few minutes. Okay? Uh, Number one, it causes conflict in our relationships. So it hurts our relationships. Okay? Destroys harmony and prevents intimacy. Proverbs chapter 13 and verse 10. Pride leads to conflict. Okay? Those who take advice are wise. But listen to King James. Keep that up there. King James says this, Only by pride cometh contention. So the next time you have a conflict in your life, understand where it's coming from. Did you hear that? How many of you are are without any kind of conflict relationally? (laughs) A preacher back there is. He's lying, his wife said. Pride boy, yeah. All right? I mean, it, it, it hurts our relationships. So let me, just a couple of things here. Pride makes us unsympathetic when others make a mistake. You know, it's like, how could you, you ever done that? How could you have done that? How? Like, like we would have never made that mistake. Okay? Pride causes us to hold grudges and keep scores. I mean, you just, you, you, every time you get in an argument with your spouse, you, that one thing always comes up or the past comes up because you're never really forgiven. Now listen very carefully. The person that's deeply hurt by offenses, that can't forgive, the ones that are deeply hurt are the ones that are most prideful. Because it's about them. All right, is everybody following me? It's about me. And so when somebody hurts you, it's like, oh, I mean, it's devastating. The same thing could happen to somebody else, but, but because they're not really have that prideful, it's it just water on a duck's back. So the next time you're majorly affected, try to analyze this as because I'm not willing to forgive. How about in marriages? Do you keep score? Do you hold those grudges? Pride causes us to gossip all right you know you just start talking about somebody you ever you ever don't like somebody and you just start talking about it and you just instantly feel better anybody like that i mean you're talking about somebody and and and, and you just bring them down a little bit and the person you're talking about, and it just instantly brings joy to your heart i mean it gossip does this gossip is rude or, or 
pride is rude. It's obnoxious. It's demanding. One of the things I just can't handle is being rude to a waitress or a waiter. Just can't stand that. They, it's like people just like to demand things from them. Like, like they're better. Pride makes us judgmental. Refuses to admit mistakes. Now I want you to go to your Bibles. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. It's not going to be on your screen or you can just jot this down. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. I'm going to talk to you about when a conflict takes place, what the Bible says about handling it. This is, this is revolutionary. Okay? So get your pens. Write it down. I mean, it's just, it's just eye-opening. Okay? You ready for this deep, powerful, life-changing truth? Say amen. amen. Let's, let's not go there. Okay. Look at verse 7. Now, this church was having problems. They were suing each other in the court of law. Okay? Somebody would take money for somebody, or they wouldn't pay them back for a loan or something like that. And so the church was... They weren't going to each other like there wasn't a spiritual person in the church that could handle the matter. They would go to unbelieving judges outside the church. Okay? Just a a, a problem with defrauding. Verse 7 says, Even to have such lawsuits with one another is a defeat for you. The fact that you can't settle this conflict with each other, if you have a conflict with somebody... It's a defeat to both of you. Not just the person over here. It's a defeat. You're losing. Everybody see that? You're the loser when you're in this conflict with somebody. And you can say, you can say all you want about all the stuff that they do to you, but it's, biblically, it spells out for us that if we're not willing to deal with this scripturally, we're the loser. Why not? No, no. Why not just accept the injustice and leave it at that now when i do counseling i always talk about and it's a really good biblical term take it in the shorts you ever heard that phrase take it in the shorts okay just take the wrong it's okay don't be eaten up and you got to get revenge and you got to do it take it in the just let it go look what he says why not let yourselves be cheated that's a new concept, isn't it? When you're at the store and they give you the wrong change and they held back a dollar and you're in their face or they cut you off on the street. How many have issues like this? All of us. Instantly our flesh rises up. On situations when we think we're taken advantage of. Well, who's the loser? We're the loser. He said, instead, uh, you yourselves are the ones who, now notice this, you are the ones that are doing wrong or do the wrong and cheat even your fellow believers. Don't you realize that those who do the wrong will not inherit the kingdom of God? And he goes on, don't fool yourselves. Then he goes on. But it's fantastic stuff. To help us understand, just take it in the shorts. Just let the injustice happen rather than just making a big deal and going to the unbelievers. Surely there's a spiritual person within the realm of your dealings with this person that you can get this thing settled. He's talking to the church. Take it in the shorts. Number two. Okay, so, so pride hurts our relationships. 
You wonder why you don't have no close friends? That could be a reason. Because these conflicts are never, ever settled. You just say, oh, I can live without them. 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 When in fact, you cannot. God has us here to influence people for Him and for His kingdom. That's why we're here. If a person's causing you a problem, it's very possible God brought them in your life. It could be. Amen? Rather than chasing them off. For them and for you. Amen? Again, it's not chiding. Smile. This is good stuff. All right, so it hurts us in our relationships. Number two, it prevents personal growth. It hurts our growth. Pride makes us unteachable. It really does. We get stuck in a rut. When your head swells, your mind stops growing. Look at Proverbs chapter 11, verse 2. It says this. Pride leads to disgrace, but, humili- with, but with humility comes wisdom. Okay, King James says this. When pride cometh, then cometh shame, which is the same idea. The Greek word means disgrace. But the other definition is this. Listen. Confusion. When we're always shining the light on ourselves, it brings confusion. When it's all about our world, it literally brings confusion. It goes on to say humiliation. Then there's this another word in the, in the um, uh, Greek dictionary. It says imprisoned. I like that. Okay? It stops us from growing and it imprisons our growth. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 17. Notice what it says. It says, people who accept discipline are on the pathway to life. But those who ignore correction will go astray. Okay, so it, it causes us not to get help. It causes us not to want to get help. How, how, many, how many men have ever said, now don't raise your hand, I don't need counseling. I don't, we don't need marriage counseling. All right? Men, men seem to, and, and usually they say that up till it's too late almost. Then they see the signs and they go run into the counselor. I mean, what relationship is more important than our spouse? What's more important in our lives than our wife or our husbands? Nothing. It's okay to say, we need help. Because guess what? You do. We all do. Judy and I have been to counselors. Usually it's a phone call. But there's nothing wrong with that. Praise God for all those books after the first seven years, right at the seven-year mark, that I gobbled up. Focus on the family gave me a whole bunch of books. I called them and said, help. And they sent me a whole bunch of books. And it literally revolutionized our life. We wouldn't even be married. Should have dumped me seven years. Yeah, 20-some, 30-some years ago. If I wouldn't have got counseling. We've had a great journey. 
What if she had gave up on me? What if she had quit? She would have lost the best thing in her life, amen? I mean, parenting. What's more important than our kids? To think you know it all, how to raise kids. This is your first kid. Think you know it all. Listen, after six, you still know nothing. We need help. It hurts our growing in our relationship with our spouse and our relationship with our kids, our finances, work, addictions. Listen, we need help. But, but pride causes us not to want to get help. Therefore, it hurts our growth. Stubbornness is pride. Any stubborn people in here? <laughs> Amen. All right, number three. Pride produces anxiety, okay? Think about it. When it's always about you, okay? Always about you and your world. It's all about your accomplishments, all about your looks, all about your sexual pill. It's all about these things in life. That's, that's all that it's about. You can never reach all those expectations, And so it literally puts anxiety, worry in your heart because you can't reach them because you're always worried about other people's opinions. Look at Proverbs 29, 25. Look what it says. It is dangerous to be concerned with what other people think of you. It's dangerous. Listen to the message. The fear of humans, the fear of other people, And their opinions disable us. Did you hear that? It disables us. This is crazy. This is our pride. And how many of us don't worry about what other people think about? We're constantly worrying about, and we say, well, I don't care what other people think about us. Usually a person says that they really, in deep down in their side, they do because they're coming across as, I don't care. Just so you'll see that, just so that you'll see, just so you'll, you'll see, you see what they're doing? I don't care. That's, that's, they're saying, but I care what you think. It's dangerous. It brings us and ensnares us. Number four, pride angers God. It hurts our relationship with God. Now think about it. Pride Hurts our relationships all around. Our spouse, our children, our friends. I mean, you talk about dangerous. You talk about dangerous. When your life is all about you, you're walking on thin ice, relationship-wise. Okay? It causes your growth just to stop. In the areas you should grow. And then here, it hurts your relationship with God. I mean, how many of us don't want the hand of God on our lives? Okay, I don't want your hand on me. It's all about me, so just get out of here, God. No, we want to be set free from this so that God literally backs up the truck of heaven. He's got a truck, semi-truck full of blessings. How many of you want that truck just to unload it and just blessings fall on you? We all want that. Okay? We all want that. So grab yourself by the neck, shake your head back and forth and say, Hey, stupid! 
Stop being prideful. Number one, it's about him. Number two, it's about others. You're way down on the list, dude. Why? So that God backs up from heaven and pours out his blessings uh, on your life. So then you can turn around and bless others. You can be free to just serve God and serve others and stop being the bondage of serving yourself. This stuff is fantastic. It's just, we're just so used to society saying it's not a big deal. The, the Bible says God hates pride. Okay? In Proverbs 6.16, let's go there. Proverbs 6.16. You have that? You probably don't, do you? Okay, let me turn there. Write that down in your notes. Proverbs 6. 16. There are six things the Lord hates. You say, my God doesn't hate anything. Okay. There are six things the Lord hates, but my Lord is a God of love. Let me read again. <laughs> you get where I'm going? There are six things the Lord hates. I, this is no joke. I, I was years ago, because every word in the word of God is important. Can I hear an amen? And I had this elderly gal in the church. I mean, she was a jewel. And I read this verse and I said, God hates six things. And I tell you what, I got the wrath I mean the wrath. All I did was read the verse. Okay, so let's read it again. There are six things the Lord hates. No, seven things he detests. A haughty eye and a lying tongue. Well, that's two. But the haughty eye, King James says a proudful look. The first thing. On his list. God doesn't want us to be prideful, but he didn't want us to look like we're prideful. Isn't that cool? A prideful look. I mean, the Bible is full of great teaching that will help us to deal with this self-preoccupation of ourselves. And don't get me wrong, every single one of us struggle with this. The Bible says Moses was the meekest man on the earth. How many read that? Knew that? Who wrote that? Moses. He wrote that. Isn't that ironic? But of course it was under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. But it's still ironic that he wrote that. The most humble man. And yet he's the one that delivered the children of Israel. But they didn't get to go into the promised land. Listen to this. Leviticus chapter 26, verse 19. And I'd like to go through several verses there, but we don't have time. Look what the Lord says. To the children of Israel that wandered in the wilderness for 40 years, I will break your prideful spirit, your proud spirit. God says, I will break your prideful spirit by making the sky as unyielding as iron. Now, he's talking about rain, of course. 
you know, because the next verse tells us that. And the earth as our bronze. Okay, so, so there's not going to be any rain because of your pride. God's going to stop at the rain just to crack our pride. I mean, isn't it ironic? The depths that our God will go to to help us to deal with our self-preoccupation, it's really good, really good that he loves us that much that he wants this intimate relationship because you can't have intimate relationship when it's all about you and he's at the door, Revelation 3.19, he's at the door of the church wanting to come in and fellowship and sit down and have a meal, but the church doesn't recognize it and so he's still outside. He's outside the church door because we're so preoccupied with ourselves. And of course, with religion, that's the idea there. Okay, but here, the children of Israel had to wander for 40 years because of their what? Pride. Or they don't get to go into the promised land. But have you ever, have you ever had the heavens like, like this where it doesn't seem like your prayers are getting anywhere? You know why there's no miracles in your life? Again, we're talking about dangerous stuff, and I got I to move along. Dangerous stuff. This is why people get so, so upset because they go to church, they don't understand the Word of God. They go to church, there's no miracles, there's no power, there's no Holy Spirit present. This is why. Because we're so preoccupied. We're so, how many of us got on our knees this morning and begged God to show up? Because it's about Him. We come because it's about Him. And we want God to speak to us this morning. Oh, God, speak to my heart. I want to be close with you. I want this great relationship. How many of us did that? It'd be a shame if I had you raise your hand or come forward and we'll do a, show you. We'd be ashamed. Because we're just running around like chickens with heads. We got this plan. This is what we do every morning. This is what we do every Sunday morning. We got to go do this. Amen. I mean, I'm talking to, I'm here with you. Again, this is not a chiding message. This is to set us free from the dangers of pride. Well, I still have five points to go. Amen? Dangerous stuff. But you guys don't mind staying a little later, right? Right, Josh? Say amen. amen. Junior's not here, so I'm really... Junior's my Amen. Amen. He's over there saying, get him, preacher. <laughs> I should talk to him about that. That sounds a little prideful, doesn't it? <laughs> get me, preacher. <laughs> but he's my amen, amen, amen. So you guys need to help out on that. Amen? Okay. Let me give you just some things to practice. Just jot these things down. There are just five things that you can practice that will help you. Okay. And we really do have to run through these a little bit rapidly rapidly okay how to how to practice humility or how how to be humble number one admit my sins or admit your sins honestly look what proverbs 28 13 says people who conceal their sins uh, maybe will prosper maybe you will prosper spiritually You will grow by leaps and bounds in the Lord. God will use you in a mighty way. Now, you will not prosper. But keep on going. But 
if we confess and agree with God that, hey, I blew it. And oh God, help me to turn. I, I struggle in this area, Lord. Help me to be able to turn uh, from this. I need your help. I can't do this alone. What's he says you're going to find there? Now again, we got to stand on the word of God. It says, they will receive mercy from him. That just means favor. So you bring it back in the context, you will prosper. That's what prosper means, not financially and not all that. God's blessings in the context, you'll have this favor. But confession doesn't mean you just run around and tell everybody about your stuff. The junk in your trunk, all right? We're not doing that. I mean, just confess to the person. And if you need some accountability, don't run around t- telling everybody. I guess that wasn't a good term, was it? <laughs> just kind of dawned on me. Let's go to number two. Quickly, quickly. <laughs> uh, look at your strengths realistically. <laughs> okay, I'll take a drink here. <laughs> Can you take that out of the tape, brother? We don't want those people back in Nebraska to hear me. I really went downhill, Okay. Okay. Composure, Fleener. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> Paul said this. I'll get it here in a minute. Paul said, I am what I am by the grace of God. I am what I am by the grace of God. He understood his strengths. The guy wrote almost half the New Testament. I mean, he could have been profitable. And, and, and he died and, 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 and had a vision or actually went to par- paradise. And uh, actually, at that time, it was up there. So he went to paradise and was shown some fabulous things. So God gave him something to keep him humble. But the point is, by the grace of God, I am. He understood that the strengths that he had were literally from God. Number three, enjoy success grace or, or gratefully. Be thankful. You know, the, the reason that you're successful is because of the grace of God. It's because of the blessings. The Bible talks about every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of light. So everything that I have is a gift from God. Number four, serve others unselfishly. We have an epidemic today of depression. I mean, everybody's depressed. Everybody struggles with depression, especially with young adults. Seriously, it's a major problem. Well, I think there's an antidote. It's a helper's high. It's called serving others. It's so simple. Serving others. When you serve others, there's something there. When you genuinely are for their best interest and not some secret thing that you're just serving them for yourselves, okay? You're serving them so that they can take the next step in their relationship with God, in their relationship with their spouse, in their relationship with their kids, or in their, you know, whatever. When you're sincerely for them, there's an overflowing joy that's undeniable. It's a high. It's a spiritual high. It's a fix. It's just like serving. I have more joy in serving my wife. I I can't explain it. I'm I'm, I'm redoing my deck on the backside. 
<sighs> so, you know, you know my wife, right? All right, she's, everything's done right and orderly, color-wise and all that. So I'm, I have to pick out the block on these steps going down to our deck. So I, I take all these pictures of the, of, the, of the block and I send them to her. Why? Because I can't make a decision? No. Easy for me? Cheap and black. Or close to black, but blue. All right, so I love blue. So my whole deck would be blue, light blue, dark blue, you know. So I, I, take, I give her all these pictures and let her pick, and then she was waffling on this one. So guess what I did? Nothing. We're going to wait till you get home. You say, well, you just don't want to get in trouble. No, seriously. It doesn't matter. But to her, it matters. Okay? She is the OCD person. And she'll tell you that. And there's nothing wrong with that. Right, Brother Jason? Any other OCD people here? Whoa. There's a lot of you strangers here. All right? No, I'm kidding. I mean, so she's particular. I'm not. So it's okay. And I love her being happy. Okay? It's very important to me. That, 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 so, 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 I mean, serve others unselfish. And then depend on Christ. Depend on Christ to help you to be humble. I mean, just constantly yielding, leaning on Him rather than yourself. Because when you lean on yourself to make these decisions and they go through it, they just get, you just start building yourself up with your own accomplishments rather than understanding that this is all about Him. He helped me with these decisions. And I'm telling you, Life is fantastic. John 10.10. This is a path to the abundant life. When you're self-preoccupied, it's misery. Because you can never measure up to your own personal expectations. So we all want to be free from the preoccupation where it's all about me to where it's all about him the cross, and others. And I won't shine you in your face, all right? But not about you. Because when you do this, guess what happens? Everybody sees your flaws. Can you see that mole on my nose right there? How many see that? When it's like this, you can't see it, can you? I'm pretty handsome now, aren't I? You do this, all the flaws show. Well, that's what happens when you're preoccupied. I mean, just put yourself in a spotlight, and it's very, very dangerous. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I just come to you this morning. I, I realize this was a difficult message for, for some of us to hear. But Father, I pray this morning that your Holy Spirit, oh God, I pray that in our hearts and our minds we would begin to understand the dangers of being so self-absorbed. We would see the dangers of our relationship with our spouses, our relationship with our children, our relationship with our neighbors, our co-workers, even people at church, Father. I pray you'd help us to see the dangers of all of that. And then, Father, we would, we would take action. And we would begin to apply these biblical truths about humbling ourselves.
Oh God, I pray that you would help us to just be honest with ourselves about our sin and about our strengths. And then, Father, we would be grateful for all that you do, constantly thankful, because really, we're so blessed, but it's not because of us and our accomplishments. It's really about you. You placed us in the family that we're in. God, not just that, you give us our siblings. You placed our siblings in our life. Father, you gave us the looks. You gave us the parents. You gave us the gifts, the abilities. Father, even the mind, the sharpness, it's all from you. The talents, we're all different from each other, Father, but it's because of you. And I pray, Father, that you would help us to be thankful and to put into practice, oh God, that we can be a blessed people. That we can look back in 10 years and say, oh, what a fantastic journey ever since I got disconnected with myself. God, I pray that you'd help us to be able to look back and say, what a fantastic journey. That we'd be able to say, we are experiencing the abundant life. And Father, help us to experience it. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's all stand this morning. Uh, he's gonna, Jason's going to give us announcements, and then we're going to take offering. But again, take this home this morning. Please take this home and just ponder it, okay? Just think about it. Amen. Awesome.